0: Good morning, today's scripture reading is from the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verses 11 through 18. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin.
1: Praise God. Well, um, let's give God a hand and let's give Paul a hand. Thanks for reading the word to us. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm Josh. I'm the preaching pastor here. Um, I'm wearing incredibly cool clothes this morning. Can all God's people say a youth group amen? Youth group amen? Yeah, so I got this shirt from Rob Pearson, and uh, it's Hydrate. It's kind of the new youth group logo, and uh, it's cool. Thanks, Rob. Uh, You know, being the lead pastor has its perks. Amen? Okay, good. Uh, We're 10 this morning, and I'm so excited that you guys are here with us this morning. We get to celebrate a couple different ordinances in the Church of Jesus, and we get to do it in one morning. We get the Ordinance of Communion, which is always a wonderful thing, and then also the Ordinance of Baptism, which will be a great thing right after service. So um, hopefully you can experience both of those, communion personally and also baptism by way of encouragement of those individuals who are being baptized. So it's a great morning to be here. Thankful that you guys are here. This text of Scripture is amazing. I can't wait to get into it. So let's pray and trust God to do great things in his word. Father, thank you for gathering everybody here this morning. Lord, what a gift. What an honor it is. Thank you for giving us a great 830 service. Thank you for being with us now. Lord, thank you for being with us in the future. The future is in your hands, God. We trust you with it. We believe you now, Jesus. We want to focus in now on your word. And we pray that supernaturally the Holy Spirit would cause people who don't know you as Savior to surrender themselves to you this morning in salvation. We pray also, God, that the Holy Spirit would cause Christians to get right with you and to grow in grace. All those things are impossible in the power of man. Lord, we can do none of these things. You can show up and change our hearts. So Lord, we ask that you would do that through your powerful word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So how many times have you done something once and had you had that thing? Be good for all time. Okay? Um, I, 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 made a, I made a really bad faux pas um, this morning at 8.30, and so I'm going to correct it now. Um, So I said this morning, I said, if you're working with carpentry, or if you're working with wood, um, how many of you just measure once and cut once, you know? And everybody, all the contractors in the gym at 8.30 were like, it's measure twice and cut once. Stick to your day job, Josh. (laughs) So, So anyway, another guy after service said, Pastor, hey, you know, you, when you fail as a preacher, you fail big time sometimes. And I was like, thank you. And he's like, but you fail forward every time. It's so great. You embrace it. And I said, yeah, it's my spiritual gift. I, what can I say? So no, when you measure twice and cut once in a carpentry sense, how many times is that woodworking or that, that construction job good for all time? Right? Even the best carpenters, their, their jobs are only really good for about 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And if they're working on something colossal, it'll last for 500 years or 1,000 years. But eventually, time and weather and all those things eventually um, lead the carpenter to know in their hearts that what I'm doing is good, but it's not good enough for all time. Right? Um, think of vacuuming, all right? I just want to think about vacuuming here at the beginning of this message. How many of you have vacuumed in the last week? And every time you vacuum, I was vacuuming yesterday, and I was going through the living room, right? And, and your hope as a vacuumer is always that this will be the last vacuum of my life. Amen? In heaven, there is no Kirby. Praise God, right? Yeah, you're just like, I'm vacuuming, but in my heart, I know what? I know that I'm going to have to vacuum again. The one vacuum is not good for all time. It's only good until the carpet is dirty again and it needs attention. And so if you think about purchasing things, some of you like to go to the malls. Some of you like to go purchase stuff. And when we purchase things, sometimes we tell ourselves lies, right? Can feel better? Like, this purchase will be the last purchase I ever make in this area of my life. Can I get a shopping? Amen. Right? Yeah, you all lie to yourselves all the time, and so do I. Um, This happened to me the other day. I bought a big TV, right? So I go from a 40-inch TV to a 60-inch TV in my, in my living room. Yes, yes, be amazed, be amazed. So I put up the 60-inch TV, and, and literally, like, that TV for a couple days was, like, shock to my eyes. Like, I couldn't even believe how big my TV was, and I can watch all my sports in high definition. Can I get a sports amen? yes. So I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, I will be satisfied for all time. In fact, for two days, that TV f- made me feel better about myself. I'm, I'm just going to be real honest. Like, I felt better about me because the size of my television. So, so I'm, 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 I'm having meetings, I'm doing ministry, and during meetings where I'm sharing the Bible with people, I'm thinking about my television. And I'm thinking, yeah. I feel better about myself right now because I got a 60-inch TV to come home to, right? And I come for maybe a few days and then like all purchases, they don't last for all time, right? Eventually it just becomes common no matter what we do. And I think that's why this passage is so important for us this morning. We have what John Calvin calls the human heart inside of us. And the human heart, John Calvin said, is a factory of idols we are really good at making idols and when we have idols in our lives or we have systems in our lives or works in our lives that we think oh this will be good for all time end up being what our soul needs and now hebrews 10 lays out for us what the sacrifice of Jesus actually means for us. It means that it is a sacrifice that is done once for all, and it is good for all time for those who believe in Christ. This passage is huge in our lives. John MacArthur, the pastor in California, said this. He said, Christ crucified is the only hope of man. And I agree with him. Um, this passage answers very important questions for us, such as, am I ready to die today? That's a question for you. That's a question for me. Are, are you ready to die today? This passage answers that question because Christ's sacrifice is good. He did it once and it, it will save for all time those who die and leave this earth. Um, this passage also answers the question like, are you trusting in your work for Christ? Or are you trusting in his work for you? Which one? You can't have both. You can't be believing in your works and Christ's works. You got to cease from one to believe the other. So here's the big idea the service. Yes, we can. All right, Jesus' death. Here's the big idea. In verses 11 through 18. His death on the cross is once for all... Sufficient. It's sufficient as a sacrifice that is good for all people who believe in Jesus. It is sufficient to save the soul and transform the life. So my heart this morning is to point out to you Jesus and his sufficient sacrifice for you. That's what's on my heart. Um, it reminds me of Colossians chapter 1 verse 28 where Paul says, We proclaim him. Right? Teaching and admonishing and encouraging everybody until they are complete in Christ. My goal this morning is to point you not to Josh Daggett, praise God, but to point you to Jesus. Amen? That's a good church. A good church points you to Jesus. Away from self, away from everybody else, look to Christ. His sacrifice on the cross is good enough for you, and that sacrifice will last all time. Now, In order to see this, we have to see two realities, okay? Here's my outline. Two realities. One reality is the insufficiency of more. You've got to see that. If you're going to see the cross for what it is, you've got to see the insufficiency of more. And then secondly, you have to see the sufficiency of once for all. If the cross is going to make sense for you, you've got to see those two things. So let's look at each reality in turn uh, reality number one is the insufficiency of more. And you can see this in verse 11. Every priest is service, offering repeat, which can never take away sins. So the priests, what were they doing in the Old Testament? In the Levitical law code, what were they doing? Well, it says here they were standing. See that? Standing. There were no seats in the tabernacle. Now, I actually got a text during the service. This is the blessing and the curse of streaming, because you get sermon critiques while you're doing it online. So I I came, I came sat down on my chair, my phone's buzzing. I look at it, I'm like, oh, a sermon critique. Great. I'll just, I'll just change it right now, because I can. Because the, the priests in the Old Testament, they, there were no chairs around, all right, the tabernacle, because They were constantly moving all the time. They were offering sacrifices on behalf of the people. They were doing all the slaughtering of animals. They were praying. They were offering incense. They were doing all that. The one seat was the mercy seat. And that was the seat that I forgot to mention at 830. But the mercy seat could not be sat in by the priests because they weren't worthy. They weren't Jesus. Right? They were men. So therefore, these priests, they're always moving around. They're standing daily at their service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices. So they're offering the same things. And specifically, in the Day of Atonement, they are offering, all right, in the Day of Atonement, a blood offering once per year. And these guys are just constantly moving all the time. Now, here's why why it matters. If you go back to verse 1 in chapter 10, it says, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, Instead of the true form of the realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. So the law is described by the author of Hebrews as a shadow of what is to come, which is Christ. Okay? The shadow means it's a pale and blurry vision. Okay, so the shadow of the Old Testament sacrificial system is this pale, blurry vision. You see a lot of activity, a lot of sacrifice, but you're not quite sure what it all means yet for you because you're waiting for something better, mainly the Messiah. So if you're an Old Testament saint, you're waiting for that Messiah. When's he coming? You're thankful for the Day of Atonement, but you're waiting for Psalm 16, verse 11, to be true. In your presence are fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You're waiting for the presence of God. So it's a shadow. And I think in a lot of ways, the Old Testament sacrificial system points to our world today in the desire that we all have for more. Right? Right? We all have this insatiable desire for more, and I want you to see that it's insufficient. Some of you need more money. Can I get a witness? Right? Come on. Some of you need a better job. I want more hours. I want a, I want a better job. I want more things here. Some of you want a better car. You want, uh, you want more cars and vehicles in your, in your uh, driveway. Some of you want more uh, training. You want more education. You want more, 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 right? Some of you want more Casey's Donuts. Can I get an amen? Man, I love Casey's Donuts. However, I have not had one since my my, uh, declaration in July. So, um, cake donuts. I have had some Casey's Donuts, not cake donuts. Just so you know that I'm cheating, just like everybody else. Okay. But oftentimes we get so busy with religious activity that we're doing more, 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 more. And deep down we're wondering, right, when is more going to be enough? When's more going to be enough? When's it going to measure up? Well, the sacrificial system required more blood. And how I like to think about that is that the yearly blood sacrifice was a very good thing for the nation of Israel. It was very good. But it just wasn't sufficient. It's like paying the minimums on your credit card statement, right? Now, not that any of you guys have credit card statements, amen. You don't have any credit card debt. But if you did, if you did, you're all Dave Ramsey people. But if you did have credit card debt, like you know that payment is coming and you can pay the what? The minimums. You can get the minimums. And when you pay the minimums, it keeps the creditors off your back for 30 days. You can pay it, and in the moment you can pay the minimum and feel relief, but it's a very temporary relief. Because you know in 30 days the creditors are coming and they want that bill to be paid. And that's a lot like the Old Testament sacrificial system. It's, it's good. It, just is, it feels like a minimum payment because there's a Messiah coming in the future who will make everything right and will pay all of the bill. The other part is, you know, it's the presidential election season. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe not. It's a small thing coming up in the next month of our life. But you hear Biden and Trump telling you what? More and more and more and more. Here's all the things I'm going to do for you. Here's what I'm going to get you feeling the warm fuzzies about the future of this country. And you hear politicians talk. And here's what we know as humans deep within our soul. We listen to things we agree with. We listen to things we get excited about or don't agree with, whatever. But here's what we know. Politicians like to talk a lot and they like to under deliver because they're humans. And that's a lot like the sacrificial system. It's, it's this thing. It's got a lot of activity. It's more and more and more, and yet sometimes it doesn't satisfy the conscience. And I just want you to know this morning that there is an insufficiency in more. If your eyes are always looking to more, I want more, you're not going to sense the power of the cross. The insufficiency of more is reality number one. Reality number two is the sufficiency of once for all. And this is found in verse 12 through 18. So verse 12 says this, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. The sufficiency of once for all starts in verse 12, where Christ offered himself one time and he... After that sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of God. What did Jesus do that the priesthood could never do? He sat down. Where did he sit down? In the temple or in the tabernacle or some human human building? No. Jesus, after he died, he went into heaven itself and he sat down in heaven because his work was done. I'm, everybody that's a believer, give me an amen for that. Man, that's good stuff. He's going into heaven itself in the glory of God the Father. And he says, my work is so incredibly thorough and it is done and it is complete that I'm going to walk into heaven and sit down in heaven because sin is paid for. Come on now, that's good news right there. That's the best news in the world. For those of us who are seeking after more, Jesus tells us, I've done it. There's nothing more to be done except put your faith in me. Forgiveness, peace, all of these things from now and into eternity are given to the people, the souls who put their faith in Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross delivers. Now, again, this is such an amazing thing because the new covenant is opened up to us in verse 15. The Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I'll write them in their minds. So this is a quote from Jeremiah chapter 31. And this, this quote leads us to the reality of the New Covenant, that when Christ died, he purchased eternity for us, and now our relationship with God is secured by Christ in what way? In a way like this. He puts the laws of God in the hearts of people who believe, right? So if you believed in Jesus, you got something going on with him, don't you, in here, right? This is where he, he enters. He comes into your heart. And then he, he writes the laws of God in their minds. So people who put their faith in Christ as the once and for all sacrifice, the law of God goes in your minds in seed form through the indwelling Holy Spirit. This is the best news in the world. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. For those who believe in the all-sufficient, once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus, his ability to go into heaven allows God to look down on your life and say, I will remember Josh's sins no more. I will remember, put your name in the blank. I will remember their sins no more. Now, how many times do you all remember your sins, huh? How many times do you remember your sins? All the time, right? Sometimes you kind of remember your sins and you want to go back. You want to go back to the old life you used to have before Jesus. And and in what you do, God doesn't even do. Sometimes you feel condemned because of the sin that you've committed this week. And if you believe in Christ, God has not remembered your sins anymore. He's removed them. You need to as well. It's called positional living in Jesus. And this psalm, Psalm 103, verse 12, says that some of you know this psalm. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The good news of, of Jesus is that he has paid the penalty and he has perfected for all time those who believe in his name. Which means God looks at you and all he sees is Christ. When we die and we stand before God, He's going to look at us. And by the grace of Jesus, because Jesus' sacrifice was enough, he's going to look at us and he's not going to see us. He's going to see his son. Praise God, right? That's the best news in the world. Now, how does this good news hit us? Well, it hits us like verse 14. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Jesus's offering was single, and it perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Now, this is a big deal because the gospel, when you believe it, it doesn't hit you all at once. It hits you, but then it has effects. So verse 14 is in the perfect tense, right? So it it happens one time, and then the effects of that reality roll through your life later on. Now, here's, how, here's the question I would ask you. Did you know what you were getting into back when? All God's people say, no. Had no idea. Because a lot of times, when we believe in Christ, we believed in Christ by simple faith. We just, we just knew we were sinners We knew we needed Jesus, we accepted Christ, and we had no idea everything that was going to be coming our way, both in the good and in the hard. Can I get an amen? Because if I would have known everything that was coming my way on July 6, 1999, and I got to see everything for the next 20, 30, 40 years before I go meet Jesus, I would have been like, I don't know. (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot to take on. Because this is the reality of of the gospel. You believe by simple faith, and you are saved. And then, through Christ's single offering on the cross, he is perfecting for all time those who are being saved. Which means that the hard part of the Christian life comes at you over time. In seasons and also the joys of knowing Jesus come to you in cycles and deeper cycles of joy and, and experience as you go so some of us you know when we realize what Christ did we didn't realize all the amazing things he would do when Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago the people who were there at the cross had no idea the the magnitude of what was happening The Roman centurion was watching Christ. He said, truly, this man was the son of God, right? Like people felt this earthquake. They didn't know everything that was going to happen. Three days later, the disciples, Mary Magdalene, all of the people, they had no idea when they saw Jesus alive, they had no idea how, how big of a deal that was. It was only over time that they realized what it was. The beauty of the gospel hits us in small pockets and then it grows in our lives. Because Jesus has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So think about it this way like if you're a World War II soldier and you're working your way off of the Normandy beach and then you're working your way through um, um, Europe and all of a sudden you hear, right? Germany surrendered. Once you hear the message, you're, you almost don't know how to respond to it. You're just like, okay. And then all of a sudden, the ramifications of that flow out later on. And you can see this as well, like with, with athletes who say yes to a certain sport. They have no idea what's in front of them. They just know that they said yes to try this sport. And it might cost them an amazing amount of energy, but that's only discovered as you go. And that's the good news of Jesus. His sacrificial death was once for all, and what it does is it transforms the lives of people who believe in him, and, then it, and you feel those transformations bigger and bigger and bigger until you step into eternity and you see God face to face. So this morning as we go to communion, I want you to just see and feel those realities. The reality of the insufficiency of more. We can go to communion and you might be wanting more and more and more and more and more. And God's telling you, I've already done it all. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. and Ten minutes or so just to meditate on what Christ has done. And then we will participate together so you can get your elements. Come back to the chairs and then we will participate in communion together, and then we'll close up our time. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your all-sufficient grace. Jesus, the insufficiency of the priesthood is the insufficiency of our hearts this morning. Always wanting more, never satisfied with who you are. God, if there's any of that in our hearts, may we confess it. May we get it right. May we just rest in the finished work of Jesus for us. Lord, may you encourage every Christian here to rest in the joy of their forgiveness. And Lord, may may our time of communion just be a time of gratitude and thankfulness for what you have done for us. Christ, once for all, good for all time, continue to push our eyes to you, Jesus. And Lord, if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, oh God, would you just stir in their hearts with whatever faith they have. God, may you allow them to put their faith in Jesus this morning and be saved. Bless our communion time together in Jesus' name. Amen.